temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Permission to board. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Number 96. Of course, you can always get the PGP on its own iTunes feed these days. That's iTunes. Just search Permission Granted Podcast. Subscribe for free and you'll get all the PGP on its own. Also, if you subscribe to the normal DA show iTunes feed, you'll get it each and every week. It's also available online by going to daoncbs.com, our audio website, our audio archives. And then also we post it on Facebook each and every week as well, facebook.com slash the DA show. What a week it was last week where the chicken challenge took place on a Thursday, reaction on a Friday, into the weekend. Now we're back at it on a Monday. The lead-up was intense. The event was even more intense. The post-game was a decompression, leading into a dramatic Game 7 of the NBA Finals. It was one of the most heart-stopping, gut-wrenching, palpable, emotional four days in sports history, the chicken challenge into Game 7 of the NBA Finals. So, Mraz joins me now, and let's just start here. The idea that you had to bring in Planet Stevo <laughs> was simultaneously, I did not know it was going to happen, right. simultaneously one of the most genius moves of all time and one of the worst decisions for you of all time because it make, made you look even worse in retrospect because you got beat by Planet Stevo, but... Just in terms of sheer surprise, shock factor, drama, it had everything. I loved seeing Moralia. I'm really happy it came together, and this wasn't a long, thought-out plan, as as we discussed. I thought of it the day before, and thankfully, Steve-O's, I would say, schedule, not that busy. Yes. You know, he he had something to get to later in the night, obviously. Is he he just a 9-to-5-er now at MSG? Pretty much, except for like special events every once in a while on a Saturday. But he has weekends off. I know that was a big ticket for him. He enjoys going to Yankee games at night and stuff like that. And he left us as associate producer of the DA show around here to go to MSG, where he's basically the media Gestapo. He red flags any media that says anything bad about MSG. Right, and I know frequently he he will text me when you're doing Gottlieb listening to you. So that's the only time I ever talk to Steve. So I know he's sitting there and he's listening to CBS Sports Radio or anybody else just to let MSG know when people are chiming in about them. But I think mostly to make sure that people... Don't badmouth Dolan. That MSG knows who's negative, because I think that they have... I think they, they hold grudges against the media here in town that have that have been anti-Nixon Rangers. Especially in the radio. You better not ask for a guest if we hear you badmouth and Dolan. We right. have Steve Morale on the case. Right, yeah. Planet Stevo is now policeman Stevo. Yeah, and how about Stevo though, in that in that moment, because he works there, coming like in, in dress clothes and the whole deal to this event? 
I loved every part of it. I didn't see it coming. You hit him into a side office. You put a box over his head. He burst in with the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song. And then he rips it off and says, let's eat wings. I'm here. And starts, flex- let's eat some wings. Starts flexing. It was so dramatic. It was what it really was. No hyperbole. One of the great moments in show history. It was so funny because the audience, if you don't know what's coming, the audience has no idea. The audience just thinks we're How about to you? watch Mirazzi. And all of a sudden, if you're the audience and you're watching a live show and you hear the music, and even if you hear the music, you're like, oh, that's cool. They're playing the music out of the open. Uh, this is cool. This is different. But then when you have that camera span, all of a sudden, Morales' face, because of the camera angle, yeah. is just in everybody's living room, in their laps. You're like, whoa, where did he come from? Yeah. It was it was so sensational, the drama. And so I kudos to you. You kept it a secret. Nobody knew Brilliant masterstroke there, but it did make you look worse because you lost to two people. Yeah, you I ended finished, up coming in last. I finished in third instead of second. Uh, I, I don't, the only thing I'd say about that is, I, now that you're saying that, it makes me makes me look worse. But if I really, I it was if if you're not first, you're last. You know what I mean? Mm. If I really thought about it, I probably could have pushed two more wings down my mouth to make sure I passed Moralia. But But you knew you lost. But I knew I lost, so finishing in second wasn't really a big deal to me. So what you're saying really doesn't bother me from the aspect that I lost it too. Shockingly, if there was no Gotham City cheerleader and just you versus Moralia, it would have been a more dramatic challenge. I I don't know who would have ended up coming out on top there. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, do you really care who won the NFC East in football? Or, you know, (laughs) Carolina went and won the (laughs) NFC. That's what it would have been like. It would have been a Redskin-Giant game after Thanksgiving. So what'd you what'd you think was better, last year's chicken challenge with the Nuggets or this year's chicken challenge with the Wings? Well, personally, meeting the 50 Nuggets I thought was better. Mm. Event-wise, I think we got bigger and better with Chicken Challenge too. I do. I think it was a different twist. I think the, the storylines were both different. The first one was the, the, the producers who were already in the time slot thinking they could take me down. Yeah, I liked... The two different storylines year to year. The number of, of nuggets was higher because you can eat more chicken nuggets than you can eat chicken wings. It just right. It's out of principle. So the numbers looked a little inflated, almost like the steroid era in baseball. So there were good <laughs> things to like about Chicken Challenge 1. Chicken Challenge 2, we knew what we were doing. We really do know what we're doing as far as promoting an event like this. Now we've been through wienerships. We've been through the other Chicken Challenge. So I think we were on the right track. And then we just took it to another level with the surprises. I mean, the girls stalling. And then, you know, at first it was Ava, but we still came through and we got cheerleaders. And then it was one cheerleader. And then morale is hidden and nobody knows about him. And then there's just the element of surprise everywhere. And then the overall upset. Now, listen, I didn't like that I lost, but I think the upset adds something. The favorite won the first chicken challenge. When you get the upset, just yeah. like we had the Cavs come back from 3-1 down, I think that adds something. I think it adds something to, it would have been different if Moralia came in and won. Oh, we didn't see him competing. But after Moralia comes, everybody's thinking, oh, it's Moraz and Moralia. And this girl is just sitting there going, I don't care who comes through the door. I'm going to eat these 24 wings before these idiots do. Yeah, I think there was pros and cons to both. This year, the, the drama of both was fantastic. You, last year being the um, the kind of the runaway machine and dancing and playing to the crowd and all of that. That was really great. The showmanship. This year, the total shock and awe of a 103-pound cheerleader beating you. Both are different on the scales of drama, but they're all – it's such a great show. 
I would tweak next year. Some things this year Our live feed this year. What in terms of video wise was a thousand percent better because last year, nobody could log on to the damn web stream. Yes. It crashed so early. Yes. So that was huge this year to have it. So that was a plus that was a leg up this year. I think a, a, a minus this year was that it was so dramatic. I, turn into Susan Waldman and I I probably butchered a lot of the calls. I didn't let Jacob really own the moment and he he's earned the moment to own. Uh I think that's fair criticism of yourself and from what we understand the bosses seem to agree with what you're they saying. They didn't like my fi- I stepped on his final call. Now here the final call I've listened back to a couple times here. He strings out a little too long. He tries to go John Sterling-esque with the Yankees. He says chicken challenge and he pauses for way too long where I don't blame you for jumping in there yeah you know I guess you're waiting for the word champion but he could have just been saying this was your chicken challenge you know what I mean yes and another part of it is as great as Jacob is I was I was literally stunned that she was winning I couldn't believe it so I was trying to really bring that out moment and I Jacob is so good, but he's very deadpan in so many ways. I don't think he was properly putting into context how crazy this was. And also, if you're listening on radio, you don't know that she's leading. You don't know that she's actually doing this. So I was trying to go there to really be like, can you believe this is happening? Yeah, you were trying to, you were like the guide dog for Jacob. I get that. I get that. I I mean, listen, there were several calls that I think Jacob had, like you said, where maybe your voice was in it, where we didn't hear, but overall, you guided us where we needed to go, and we still got classic Jacob moments. I mean, we're going to bail out, bail out. <laughs> the, you know, is he going to survive? You got him there. You got some great Jacob moments, and overall, I think everybody got a feel for what it was. I had to answer questions all weekend long. First of all, I don't show up to work on Friday, so I have people tweeting at me. But then people on my own Father's Day, I'm you know spending with, with Danielle's father, my father, <laughs> and I'm fielding questions all day long about the chicken challenge and my own family questioning whether I threw it or not. <laughs> I got my I got my mom literally. So did you? Is it because you're worried about your figure? Did you really not try to eat wings? They're questioning whether I threw the event. I had to face my family like that at the dinner table. It was ridiculous. That was so good, so good. Have you heard from the Bayou Bear? No, uh, but I did have funny story about the Bayou Bear. I did the Bayou Bear's girlfriend, the quote unquote girl down the block, the EMT. Her family went uh, away for the weekend, and she had work. Miss Bear. Miss Bear. Late Saturday and Sunday morning. So she ended up coming to my folks' house for Father's Day dinner because her father was gone. Yeah. So she was there talking, and she brought up a very funny story about the Bayou Bear and his own ego that happened to him. So apparently the Bayou Bear, within his inner circle of of friends, (laughs) has been talking about how much, you know, he's really calling out, and he's being a part of the DA show, and he he wants to challenge me to put his fingerprint. One of his friends from a burner phone, texted him saying he was an executive at CBS and he really liked what he brought to the table and they want to pay to fly him up for no no yes. no goes, goes we would like to we we're thinking about the chicken challenge was a success but you weren't a part of it we're thinking about doing an eating challenge at least once a month you know for the next three months we would pay for you to fly up we'll take care of it and he was going back and forth going you know I think I have really good chemistry with those guys I think this would be a good idea and lo and behold, he go, he, the guy uh, the oh. guy texted him, goes, all right, I'm going to need you to fill out this form, and we're going to be in contact with you. Sends him a link. When he goes to click on the link, it ends up being a picture of a uh, a penis. Wow. So that's how he found out it was that's his friend. amazing. So the Bayou Bear's ego that's and his bubble amazing. burst, his friends end up screwing <laughs> him over and really roping him in. Oh, that's great. So the Bayou Bear now is really ticked off. And apparently, I got another text from a buddy who apparently knows the Bayou Bear. He said, hey, when's your block party? I really like to come this year. 
if the Bayou Bear is going to be, and call them the Bayou Bear. Can we stop calling him the Bayou Bear? <laughs> so there's a lot going on with him still. And, you know, he's still trying to find his way to butt his head into this business. <laughs> so good, man. So good. So that brings us to Father's Day. And I took my dad out to City Field on Sunday, Father's Day. Oh, nice. Day. Yeah, Father's Day. We had never done a, a Mets game on Father's Day. And the rest of my family was out of town, so it was just me and him this weekend. So I said, well, let's hang out. And uh, how about we go to a game and then we'll go grab dinner at your favorite restaurant in Brooklyn, Italian place that he loves uh, afterwards. He said, okay, great. So since it was just us, I really went all out for tickets. This is the most I've ever spent on tickets outside of the playoffs in the World Series, regular season tickets. I got right. really good seats. We ended up 11 rows down the first baseline, like really solid seats. Um and I, I paid a pretty penny. The Mets got swept by the wor- one of the worst teams in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. A team that's 21 and a half games out of first place or something like that. Got beat 6-0 and had one hit. And it was hot as hell. Oh. <laughs> we were sitting in the sun. So we're sitting there, and my dad's like, man, these are the best seats I've ever had. This is so cool. So I was glad I could like reward him that way. And at the same time, I'm going, could we just get one run here so that it's not like we're watching the, a Braves game? You know? Dude, I flew to Toronto. The Yankees got shut out up there. I'm sitting right there. I know the feeling. It's brutal. <laughs> My God. And so they, the Mets lose on Friday. I go, oh, boy, well, we really need to win on Saturday. Then they lose on Saturday. I go, well, okay, they won't get swept. At least we'll see a win on Sunday. Then they get one hit. I go, you know, screw you guys. And you went to the game against the Pirates earlier in the week where the Mets were almost no hit. So yes. you, you've been a little bit of a jinx on the Metsies lately. I went on Tuesday against the Mets and Tyone of the uh, the Pirates, or against the Pirates. The quote-unquote kid. Yeah. Uh, no hit him through s- six into the seventh inning. Right. There were no hit. And then I went on Sunday, they got one hit. It's like, thank God Conforto had that one hit. Could, I, could you imagine spending that much money bringing your dad out and watching your team get no hit? See, wouldn't you rather watch them get no, no hit? No, You're no, no. You're at least there for a no, no hitter? No, no way. No. Well, you go home going, we saw a no hitter. I guess, but God, that's even more depressing. But at least you were there for a no hitter. It might be depressing in the moment, but you look back going, I was at a no hitter. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe. Because now you're just going to look back, oh, remember they stunk that day? At least you go back going, hey, you saw a no-hitter. But then the Braves are going to jump around. So what? Celebration. Can't be worse than you being there when they (laughs) lost the World Series and watching the Royals jump around. Yeah, well, that's true. Luckily, the dinner was really good, so that saved it. And my dad was was very happy with the seats and loved the experience and everything. But I said, come on, of all the days, can you just freaking score a few runs here? I hear that. That's a nice day. I don't mind losing. Just don't get crushed. Right, and you at least, you know, you want to hear a ding-dong or something like that. Just, a, just show me the apple once. <laughs> <laughs> Let the apple come out of the ah, At least the Papa Mendo had a good day. Yeah, Papa Mendo did have a good day. It was a very good day all around. Uh, glad I could spend it with him. Um, so what uh, would you do with your dad? Well, first, I had I got to do the two Father's Days because, I'm, you know, I'm married in the whole deal. Oh, that's interesting. So you end up having to do both dads that See, day? See, I got to be honest. Father's Day, I am, I'm relieved it's over. It was a bit of a pain in the ass for me. Uh-huh. Okay, because my, the problem is my dad is very indecisive on things he wants to do. Okay. And my father-in-law is very gung-ho uh, and basically feels like we live near my parents. We should be, like, around him all the time on Father's Day. Right. So I have to find that balance of I have to do both. So essentially, we ended up at Belmont Racetrack earlier after a lunch at Red Robin because my— <laughs> 
father-in-law loves betting the horses, and Father's Day they do this whole thing. Essentially, what, what happens is you go into this racetrack, and you're there to bet the, and you have all the degenerate fathers there who love gambling on horses. Yeah, and they drag their kids there who don't want to be there. So sad. And there's all like bounce houses and stuff, and it's all a trick to these kids to make them feel like they're doing something awesome. Their father wants to spend time with them. When in reality, the father is just using the excuse that I'm a father, I'm going to gamble on horses here, go play. That that's kind of a weird mind warp to entice kids to go to the racetrack where their parents or their fathers are betting away their money, like it, with the bounce houses. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And listen, I watch the Triple Crown races, but it's a bizarre scene. So I, I go in, I, and I'm putting down money on the ponies, whatever. And I tell the father flat out, I'm going to have to go back to my dad. We're going to do a barbecue at my dad's at like 5 o'clock. So we're there during the afternoon. Yeah. I'm betting horses. The second to last race we're there for, a horse freaking breaks its leg, oh. running at the end, and two oh. horses trample all over it. And you got kids screaming. And they bring out the screen, the oh, whole deal. Oh, no. It was unbelievable. So somehow, I don't know what happens. I'm sitting there. I'm going, this horse just died on the track in front of all these kids on Father's Day. Girls crying. I, I was like, it was. Broke their leg. Then they euthanized him? Well, they, they're shooting him behind the screen. I'm doing the peek around. I got to see what's cooking here. The horse jumps up after that and jumps in the back of like a horse ambulance. And all of a sudden, the ambulance comes off. And all of a sudden, a big roar comes over the Belmont crowd. Everybody's going nuts. My personal opinion they shot this thing with adrenaline to get it back, in the th- and they're basically, I assume, I didn't see any stories that they would euthanize this thing away from a million kids, but I hope the horse survived. <laughs> because it was up, you got to realize, you know, oh. normally they probably euthanize these horses, you know, with the hundred degenerates out there betting, but when you've got kids with their face painted, screaming <laughs> and yelling, it was ugly. After that, I tell you, D, I couldn't bet another race. Like, we stayed for another race after that, and I even said, I go, I can't even, I, I was watching the horse, there was something about it that really bothered me, yeah. and I'm usually not like that, so I was done with the racetrack after that. I told my father, I bet you last race, we're out of here. I got to my parents' house. We did a little barbecue. Then my dad was actually brought the TV outside for Game 7. We lit a fire. That that saved the day. But seeing the horse on the ground, that my father's day was wrecked. I had it with it. Oh, man. To think of all those kids. And I said to my father-in-law, who goes all the time, I said, do you see this often? Because I've only been to the track twice. He goes, I saw it once when I was 10 years old. I go, okay, so it really doesn't happen. that You read about it, but it doesn't happen that often right. if he goes all the time. But for it to happen on Father's Day, I'm telling you, you can oh. hear the kids are they're obsessed with the horses when they're there. They don't really yeah. get that their father's betting away their college savings. <laughs> they're seeing horses gallop by. That's what they care about. And they see this horse falls down, and you can hear the horse, you know, making noises, and oh. and the other horse is stepping, and they're screaming. The kids oh. are screaming. I was that was it for me. I was done. I almost started <laughs> crying. It literally ruined my Father's Day. So brutal. Yeah, so next year, if he wants to go to Belmont, you know what? Go. Meet me, me. If you want to come over for a burger at my parents' house later, I'm done with it. No more horse tracks for me. Oh, man, that is so brutal. Yeah, so you said the Mets didn't score a run. I saw a horse get trampled. Yeah, so happy no, Father's you know Day. <laughs> you win in terms of Father's Day misery. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. That is so sad. Oh, man. Uh, now, does your does your mom do anything for your dad? Uh, I mean, my mom leaves it up to us. Pretty much, my mom. She's like, you want to do something for Father's Day, you do it. Yeah, the thing was when we were younger, we always used to go to like an aunt or an uncle's house or something like that. So not really. My mom really doesn't do anything. I don't even. My mom gets my dad a card. To be honest with you, (laughs) so it really is all up to us. And you know, like you know, we just tell my dad like, I'll I'll come home, I'll grill. You know what I mean? I'll I'll, you know whatever. My dad just wants to relax. So I set up the fire. I set up the TV outside. You know, he's sitting there with his Corona, roasting a marshmallow, or watching Game Seven. It was fine. He was happy. You know, my sisters took care of stuff early on because I was watching a horse get trampled, so I don't know what they did early on. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, like, when you get married and you have kids, do you just... I mean, you don't celebrate Father's Day with your husband or 
with your husband until you have kids, I would imagine. Of course. Right? Yeah. So when you have kids, when the kids won, do you celebrate? Yeah, you do things. I see people on Facebook, like young couples I'm with, you know, happy Father's Day to my husband. They'll, and they'll let them do whatever they want. Or maybe they won't celebrate them and be like, hey, go out and play golf today or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'll watch the kid. And then by the time the kid's like five he sh- or, or like three, he should be writing cards, make a card. Right. Other than that, then it's up to the dad if he wants to hang out with the kid. You get right, exactly. The teen once they hit teenage. Once you, know. you hit, and then once you hit teenage, so the mom has to guide the kids, I think, up until maybe eight or nine. Yes. Then maybe ten or twelve. Yeah, right? but I mean even at ten or twelve you can't decide what you're gonna do, but you can kind of figure out what you wanna do for your father. Right, and, and organize it with dad, like, hey dad, let's do this, let's do that. That's right. But then at some point the mom's out of it. Well, I know at this point my mom's totally out <laughs> yeah, of it. my mom's so out of we're it. All, we're all adults. It's, and, and she'll give us like a subtle <laughs> reminder like two weeks ago she hit me with the, did you get your dad anything for father? Yeah. Oh, yes, mom. I'm aware. What are we going to do? I don't know. You're the son. You figure it out. Yeah. You know? And then again, you know, I'm sitting here with my dad. All right, I'll be here at five. Why are you going to be here at five? Well, dad, I'm married. I haven't, you know, it just, I, I can't stand it. Being married, <laughs> when, you're, when you're not a father and you're married, I think I'm in the worst position for Father's Day. Okay. Because if I was married and I had a kid, yeah. okay, well, then Father's Day is for me as well. And right. I could kind of be like, all right, I'm doing this. Dad, you know, I'll see you later. Or, you know, whatever. But when you're married and you don't have kids, <laughs> right. it's you have to find time for both fathers. And I'm not a father yet, so it sucks. Yeah. It's not, not saying I want a kid right now, but I think that's the worst Father's Day to have. It sucks. Yeah, you're It's a, bad, a pain in the ass. In, you're a bad in between. Right. Plus, you've got the, as you said, the father-in-law. Right. Which I don't know if that's your responsibility. I really don't. But once you're married, you're connected that way. You know what I mean? What am I going to tell Daniel? Go run off to the horse track with your father. I'll be, you know, I'll be back here drinking. Well, I don't know. I think you kind of split it up between the two. If you can get all the dads together, that's great. That kills two dads and well, one. Well, see, I, that's what I wanted to happen. I just wanted to have, you know, a barbie. Uh, my parent, dad, I'll yeah. cook everything. I'll buy all the right. food. And my dad was kind of like, I don't know. I just want to relax. Not that, you know, he loves it, but he was just was in that mood. If he would have just said that from the beginning... Okay, all right, if that's what you want to do, you're going to, okay, come over at 3 o'clock. Then I wouldn't have to drag my ass to the horse track at 1 o'clock. I wouldn't yeah. have been doing that. Then I'm sitting there at like 4.45 leaving the track on. I got to, you know, and I feel like I'm rushing around. I couldn't relax. Maybe that's selfish of me. I hated it. Yeah, well, I will say the one thing that I really realized yesterday was, thank God Father's Day is at the end of June. Yes. Could you imagine if it was in February or what do you if it do? was in December. You go snow tubing? What do you yeah, do? Yeah. I mean, thank goodness you could be outside and go to a ball game or have a barbecue or go to the horse track and watch horses get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's going to love this episode. I mean, I, I don't know who scheduled it. I don't know who created it, but good job by them. Mother's yeah. Day in May when it's somewhat nice. You can buy flowers and stuff and nice uh, Father's Day in June when the weather's nice. If you become a father, what's your ideal Father's Day? I think the ballpark. It you was, like going to the game? Yeah. I think it would just be really cool to be able to go with your son or your daughter and watch a game, have a beer, have a hot dog, and uh, maybe dinner afterwards. That'd be good. But, you know, barbecues are good or, you know, just hanging. I think hanging with your children and like that, like, hey, this is about me being a dad to you is Bonding. a cool thing. I agree. See, for me, I think if I'm a father, my father and my father-in-law, they're not like big beach guys. I would love to hang out at the beach all day mm. on a nice Sunday afternoon okay. or just, like you said, a barbecue by the pool, something yeah. like that. I find, you know, you see how many dads were at this Belmont racetrack and like, yeah, I would go to a game too, but it's just, oh, it's too much. Too, It gets to be too crowded around these areas. <laughs> well, that's true. We fought traffic in and out of City Field. But I will say it was really cool to be at the ballpark and there were so many generations of dads with their kids. And right. so they showed them on the Jumbotron constantly. It was really about a salute to dads, which, you know, is very deserving because you realize, man, 
It's not easy being a dad. It's oh, no. Not, it's not easy being a mom, let's face it. But there's a lot of dads that bail, man. Once they knock up their wife or their uh, girlfriend, they're out. Boy, so, happy Father's Day to you. Way to put I, it bluntly. You know, seriously. So for all the dads that stuck around and were just like, this is not easy, kind of sucks at times. You know, I don't want to be here, but right. I stuck it out. You know, well, you deserve a day. You it's deserve true. a day at the ballpark. You do deserve a day at the ballpark. <laughs> well, all I got to say is thank goodness it's over. We can get on with summer now. <laughs> all right, side B coming up. What are you talking to Joe, Joe DeLuisio about? Uh, I want to talk to Joe D because he wasn't here for the chicken challenge on his pros and cons and what he liked about it from a fan's perspective. Ah, very good. Uh, the and fan's guide to the chicken fans challenge. Guy. And you know what? Me and Joe are going to break down, give a little salute to Cleveland and discuss what we loved about Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Very good. This is Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast right now. Welcome inside Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show, as you know. Joined by Joe Dalluisio, not Joel, Joe Dalluisio, the associate producer of the DA Show, one of the associate producers of the DA Show. Joe, welcome aboard. Get my damn name right, Mraz. It's uh, Joe Dalluisio. That's fine. Yeah, not Joel. Come uh, on. How uh, long have we been doing this? A long time. I'm still a little tired today. I'm coming off a three-day weekend. Must be nice. It must be nice. Well, the last time I was in these studios, Joe, I lost the chicken challenge. Matter of fact, I finished in last place in the chicken challenge. Quite embarrassing. Uh, yeah, so forget the fact that I lost for a sec. All that. It, it is what it is. You know, you pick up the pieces, you move on. As a fan, Joe, I find out on your off night, you're listening to the PGP or you watched it? No, we're not talking about the PGP. We're talking about the chicken challenge. Boy, my brain is scrambled. That's what I mean. You're freaking fried, dude. I'm fried here. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Too much sun? You have the sun flu again? I hope not. No, my head doesn't look like a turtle shell like I had last year. Good point. Okay. So the chicken challenge. We live streamed it. And uh, obviously it was on the radio. And you, with your day off, you chose to... I chose to watch the live stream on the Facebook page on my day off. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Okay, so I need to know... Here's the thing. When you do these... You don't want to call them bits because these become more than bits when we do these These challenges. These are events. They're not bits. They are events. When you bring in Jacob Wilkins, it's an event. And it seems like year after year, these events just come with more twists and become bigger and bigger and the chicken challenge this one felt like that i actually had and this is no exaggeration i had nerves at one point heading into the chicken challenge because i realized man we've hyped up me eating a lot what if these girls do beat me girls because that was before they switched to the one girl shauna who ended up did beating me which was a huge plot twist they already didn't show up on time then you find out that it's only one girl eating and you're like this is going to be a disaster exactly so like you said event i was nervous for you as a fan listening, I'm I'm anxious to hear the listener reaction because I'm sure there are people that loved it, and I'm sure there are the, the people, the hardcore sports fans going, can you not do this nonsense? Can we just talk NBA Finals? But we believe the majority actually loved it. You as a fan, what did you love about the Chicken Challenge? And if you were here instead of me or James, what would you have changed about the Chicken Challenge? I thought the broadcast was great. Okay. The video stream, you know, we've tried using the other Tiki and Tierney stream. It always crashes. It, it's always a disaster. I thought the Facebook Live, the decision to use Facebook Live was crucial, and it really made a difference. Now, the one thing, though, that I do have that I would complain about with the Facebook Live is the angle of the video. Okay. Now, I thought somebody else that was in the control room, maybe, I think your sister was here. Also watching, yes. 
maybe she could have used DA's camera and gotten a complete wide shot instead of DA filming and doing the color commentary. Okay, so if that if that's honestly the one thing you would change? Honestly, yeah. I thought the same thing. And I believe... Now, we had hands on deck that could be able to film it. However, this is one of those things where you live and you learn. Facebook Live is relatively new to the, I don't know, the overall landscape of anything that we would do or, or Facebook in general and broadcast. There are articles about how, you know, Facebook Live could really change broadcast. And I think it's it's an entity that we can use more so than Periscope as far as being in breaks or... Or, or doing on-air stuff and having, you know, maybe 10 questions with in-studio guests. So I think the trial and error of that, of, of figuring out how to use Facebook Live, is kind of why you probably feel the way you do. I thought the best way to go about it personally was have somebody else film it. I actually was under the assumption that we were. But from DA's standpoint, I believe the way he probably wanted to go about it was he's seeing live comments roll in. So it's kind of a way to keep interacting and go with that standpoint. But... As much as he was doing the live comments uh, on the pre-video, if you will, and he was reading stuff and all that, once the action gets going and he's doing the play-by-play back with Jacob and stuff like that, you kind of look back at the comments after. It's hard to really interact with the, with the listeners. And I think going forward, if there is challenges that we do on Facebook Live, it probably would be better to have somebody else film. Because I think, uh, you know, as he's spinning it around, he really didn't have a good feel for for at times where to flip it and stuff like that. When and I went it's back tough and because everyone it. wants to see you, th- you three clowns slobbing right, so down. so from his angle. So from his angle, it's a tough angle, but at the same time, you also want to have an eye out on Jacob because Jacob is, is Jacob Wilkins. I mean, the voice right. of the chicken challenge. I love how Jacob has become It's Jacob Wilkins. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, It would have been nice if you got the whole shot in one, in one uh, sitting. But also, I think, now I'm not sure... But if DA had opened up his Facebook page also on his computer, he would have been able to track the live comments. It wouldn't Good have point. affected the um, the stream at all. Good point. Uh, so there you go. I mean, I think that's a valid concern. But I would caution this. If there's anything else we do on the show, and I'm sure there are going to be other things that come up on the show because this show is always crazy and chaotic and, and different things are always happening. You know, there could be something big in a month from now that we're not even prepared for and we do use the Facebook Live I think you look back at Chicken Challenge 2.0 as as the birth of Facebook Live on the show and and something that you learn what you could change for but I think overall it was a success the the site didn't crash so if you wanted to to get a look in you got it and let's be honest I mean the NBA Finals are now over with there's not as much uh, to talk about there's a good possibility we'll be using that Facebook Live Live quite often no doubt Uh, your favorite moment from the Chicken Challenge Steve-O's entrance, the surprise Steve-O entrance, by great. far. It was great. Now, I will admit, we got to be honest with the listeners here, that morning, the morning of the chicken challenge, you called me, you tipped me off, you let me know. Right, and for those of you who don't know, because I was competing, Jacob kind of hinted that when DA turned for Jacob's opinion on Steve-O entering, and, and Jacob yelled, Mariah said he had something up his sleeve, and it's an absolute stunner. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Now, uh, two things. Before continuing my one point, I want it noted that when Jacob says that, I don't know if he meant to say it, but Steve-O came out to the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme music. Stone Cold Steve Austin, for those old WWF fans, his you know finishing move was the stunner. So for Jacob to hit you with, it's an absolute stunner with that music playing, and it's Steve-O, that all tied together. If Jacob didn't know that, boy, that was a great call on pure luck. If he did, that's just picture perfect as a play-by-play guy weaving that in there. Brilliant. Was Brilliant. able to think on the spot to let that out. Whether it was planned or not, he did a great job with that call. Yes. Now, from my standpoint, for those listeners, I did know Steve was coming, okay? It was 
All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take credit. I love patting myself on the back as DA jokes about all the time. I thought of it the morning before. Uh, so this the challenge took place Thursday. Wednesday morning when I woke up, I was thinking about the chicken challenge. And really, this goes into the cockiness of me. I thought for sure that I was going to win and beat these girls in the chicken challenge. And I said, I need to, I, I thought I was going to blow them out. I said, I need to find a way to spice this up and, and, and shock everything. And stemming from everything that happened with the Bayou Bear calling in and that kind of becoming like, it sort of reminded me of wrestling. And I said, boy, it'd be great to get Morali. I said, Morali ate 50 chicken nuggets. So it should be great to get him back in here. We could ha- break, him, break in with a wrestling theme song and have that moment of DA and Wilkins calling it. Luckily, Steve could do it. And Steve could only do it in the 7 o'clock Eastern hour, which worked out because it was the only reason this challenge was moved from 8 o'clock to 7 o'clock was because of Jacob Wilkins' Unbelievable. single Jewish event from the week before that, that we had confused for this week. So because Jacob moved that all around, it allowed that time frame that we weren't going to move again for Steve-O to show up. And I had to inform James because he had to hit the music. I had to inform Tom DeCelestino who was on the Doug Gottlieb show who stays around till 7 o'clock because he had to hide Steve-O. And I had to inform Berman... Because Berman had to walk him in and got him in because he wasn't going to be able to see through what was covering his face. And I told you because you weren't going to be there. But Jacob and DA had no idea. Now, you have done a ton for the DA show since it launched. This may have been your greatest accomplishment, honestly. Getting Steve in there? Yeah. And it an extra vibe. It was an extra great moment. It was amazing. And like I said, I knew about it. You told me about it. When I heard that Stone Cold music, I got chills up my arms I was so pumped. Steve-O comes in yelling like a maniac. See, Steve-O kind of to the DA show was kind of like the Cosmo Kramer on Seinfeld. He's just goofy. He's crazy. And I knew he would be able to to be him. I didn't ask him to do anything else but be just come in and be you. And he screams. And there's a part on the live stream because on the radio feed, you can't hear everything he's screaming. Where he, he's moving his arms around. He goes, let's eat some wings. It cra- I have watched it over and over again this week. It's so fun. It definitely lived up to the hype. It was awesome. Uh, you know, when you have moments like that, it's really, you know, how do you top stuff like that? It's crazy. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one to top because now now I think if you're DA, you're thinking, oh, maybe Mraz is throwing a curveball on the next event. You know, who? what is he doing to, well, that's to up this one? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you can't keep coming out you with You set the bar real high on, that, on this one. Now, I still haven't decided on my retirement. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. I think that's why you lost. Why? I think you psyched yourself up. You psyched yourself out, excuse me. Why? I think you were so confident that you were going to win, that you were going to roll through these girls, eat those wings, clean that bone. I did think I was going to destroy them. You yes. thought you were going to destroy them. And then you saw Shauna get out to a quick lead, and you got a little nervous. You got a little nervous and said, damn, I may lose this one. And you just couldn't catch up. Yeah. That's fair. And, that and was, you keep talking about, oh, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire. You just weren't ready for the moment. Fair. I, I, I really don't know how to respond to that fair. I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to take some time like Peyton Manning did to, to go over my options. You can't. There, you can't. You can't. There's nothing to think about. I can't ever participate again, right? No, you need to participate. Why? You, you want to go out as a loser like that? That's embarrassing. You're Joe, finishing last place. Joe, what if I go out as a double loser here? You keep going till you win, damn it. Joe, that's, then you ruin your career stats, your career record. I don't know. I don't know. These are things we have to think about. I, I would also say that even if I don't compete, I think just the unbelievableness of this event to go with the first one, I think the chicken challenge has to be a staple in DA show lore now. It has to happen every year. 
And maybe the right time for it to happen is the end of February, like we had the first time, and this one was end of June because, you know, we won't be going up against the NBA Finals or anything. You almost look at it as like a lockout uh, year where things <laughs> get pushed back. I think the chicken challenge has to be a staple, and I think, well, and Shauna has to come back because they walked out with the trophy. Which means, yeah, now she needs to come back and defend their title next year. I totally agree. So I, that's, that's interesting. Overall, I would say Chicken Challenge 2.0 was a success. Absolutely, I agree. Speaking of successes, uh, I would be remiss, hard-pressed, if I did not send my congratulations to Cleveland. Congrats, Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, especially on the overnight when we were on 92.3 The Fan of Cleveland, we had great listeners in the Akron area, the Cleveland area. And even to this day, we still have listeners that listen on the app from Cleveland or in uh, even Youngstown, Ohio, a ton of the Cleveland area fans. So congrats. The LeBron run, amazing. Game 7, amazing. Game 7 for me, Sunday night on the TV. The best sporting event I've actually watched, you know, pillar to post, besides a football game, for a team that, I got a a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. For a team that has, you know, listen, I'm a big Ranger fan, big Yankee fan, Net fan. A team that I had no rooting interest for, that was the most I was into and rooting for a team. And, and thought the game was excellent in Cleveland. I totally agree with you on that one. Same, I was the same way. No rooting interest. I honestly, I wanted Cleveland to win. I'll admit, I'll admit that. I did too. But at the same time, like, I'm not a Cleveland fan. My stomach was killing me. I was so nervous watching that game. And I wasn't even a fan. But I just wanted them to win so bad. You feel the pressure through the TV. And it, the game wasn't even in Cleveland. It was unreal. It was amazing. It was honestly amazing. I don't, I'm sure, listen, I'm not a Cleveland fan. I'm sure it would have been as sweet if they swept or won a five or six. But something about it being them coming back down from 3-1 and being an epic game seven. It's just, it's unreal. It Honestly, and I didn't get to see Jordan. I know you saw Jordan. Saw him at the end. You saw him at the end. Me, I remember Jordan with the damn Wizards where he, that was right. nothing. You know, I didn't, I don't remember Chicago Bulls vintage Jordan. What I saw from LeBron in this series, I mean, in my mind, I have to say he's the best that ever played. Yeah, you know, it's weird. It's a weird thing with LeBron. I personally like LeBron. I've loved watching LeBron James play basketball. I don't—maybe it's the crying, and maybe it's just because he is so great. And maybe it's because people just hate that, you know, a lot of the people who compare Jordan—it's not like comparing somebody who played in the 60s. Jordan was still relatively sooner. The amount of haters that come LeBron's way— especially since he came back to Cleveland. I thought when he came back to Cleveland and wrote the whole letter to, with Lee Jenkins' SI that a lot of that would go away. People still hate on him. And, and the amount of people I, I see on Twitter, oh, all he does is cry and whine. Well, doesn't every NBA player and every NBA star when you're watching a game? I'm pretty sure every athlete does it. Every right. high-profile athlete's going to gonna bitch and moan about something. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Everyone hates Tom Brady. He's constantly winning. He's constantly right. complaining. He's great. You can't... If you're going to sit here and tell me that he's not a good player or someone's going to say he sucks, then you're just asking on And the people that hesitate to put LeBron in certain categories, it's obviously debatable. And I, I, can't, I didn't see Oscar Robertson play. I really didn't see Magic Johnson play. I think LeBron is the second greatest player behind MJ because he does it... Forget all the scoring stuff you saw last night with the block. He does everything. He does everything on the floor. He it's, does, it's a, he's a man child. It's amazing. Going into Game 7, now don't quote me on this stat, but I'm pretty sure that LeBron James led, the, led all players when comparing him and Steph Curry, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, so they combined, led them both in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. It's amazing. 
I saw something similar, yes. It was unreal. Might have been the same thing. Yeah, probably was probably was the same thing. Everybody was retweeting it. So it was just unreal what he was able to do. And you saw it. I don't know. I kind of felt it. This guy was on a mission. He was he played pissed off these last three games and they prevailed, man. Uh, what can he say? And I would say his raw emotion of crying after the game was unlike anything I'd ever seen after a championship moment before. Like, you could feel it. Like, oh, my God, this meant so... And how about Cleveland afterwards? You know, I think something that gets lost in this because we keep focusing on the city of Cleveland, the city of Cleveland. They haven't won a championship. They haven't won a championship. For a lot of these players, take Richard Jefferson, J.R. Smith. I mean, Kevin Love, Kyrie. You can go through everybody, basically, besides LeBron, I think, who hasn't won a championship as a player's career, that's your pinnacle. That's your moment. You've won a championship. This is what you you grew up playing basketball in the in the driveway for to to have this moment. And afterwards, it wasn't about ah, oh, you know, I fought my whole career about this. It was all about the city of Cleveland, and the players recognized that. And that's what was so special about this championship. It was more than just winning an NBA championship. It was for the entire city. For the entire city, and the players. But that point is, the players recognized that. And I, I think that they were all on board. They, they were, were all, all on board. board. You can't say enough. Well, Joe, I know we're running out of time. You got to go do a CBS Sports Minute. I love doing them. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. A little chicken challenge at the some NBA Finals. Maybe we'll have James Ward back next week. Maybe we'll bring you back in next week. Did he serve his suspension yet? He's suspended until further notice. All right? Until league review. Sounds right. good. You can follow Joe on his crappy Twitter feed at, at JoeDCBS. And you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram at MirazCBS. Take care, everyone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.